0: Good afternoon, guys. Um, welcome to our webinar, Evolution's webinar on freelancing within the gaming industry. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you to all of my guests for taking the time to participate in this. Uh, let's kick us off with some introductions. Uh Christopher? Yes, hello, uh,
1: I'm um, Christopher. I just recently started uh, freelancing or consulting. Um, I've been in the games industry for about 15 years now. Uh, started out as a character artist, I've been then been uh, environment artist, lead artist, and now most recently art director. Um, worked with a bunch of different studios. Uh, and uh, yeah, right now I'm on a contract with King as art people manager. Perfect, thank you for that. Uh, Ksenia?
2: Hi everyone, I'm Ksenia Koster. I am 34 and I live in Amsterdam. I have been working in the video games for eight years by now, and I build user acquisition departments for VR games publishers. Currently I work with Beyond Frames Entertainment
3: in Stockholm.
0: Fantastic, Uh, Mark.
3: Hi everyone, my name is Mark. Uh, I'm 42 years old, I'm from the Netherlands, but I work at King in Stockholm. I've been in the game gaming industry on and off since 2003 and the contractor since eight, nine months.
0: Brilliant, and last but not least, uh, Martina. <laughs>
4: Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Martina. I live in Poland, but work for Avalanche Studios Group in Stockholm as well uh, in Systemic Reaction Division, to be precise. I manage marketing things. So I am a product marketing manager, and I work in, in game dev industry for four years now, but recently switched to be a freelancer.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, everyone, for those quick introductions. Um, So first and foremost, I want to kick us off with a bit of an icebreaker, Um, get us all loose and limber. So the question that I want to ask, really important, everyone's going to be dying to hear this in the chat, is that uh, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream?
2: I can Uh, start with that. I I, I make my own ice cream, actually. I have an ice cream machine. And yesterday I made pear chocolate and canela. How do we call it in English? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it, it's delicious.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of a chocolate guy when it comes to really anything. So uh, chocolate flavored ice cream, preferably with chocolate bits in it, and and if I can, like some chocolate topping. That's uh, that's how I like it all
3: I of
4: the chocolate you christopher but i like i really like the mint chocolate chip one with chocolate mm-hmm. of course
3: That's good yeah one. for me I'm, i just like soft ice cream the soft serve very basic nothing on top of it just basic that and, uh, i generally don't buy it because once i once i start eating it i can't stop so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i understand that okay so lots of chocolate uh, very diverse answers there. Lots of chocolate from two people. Ksenia, I've never even heard of your flavor of ice cream, to be honest with you. Uh, it sounds amazing. Uh,
2: yeah, you'll have to come over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, deal. <laughs> uh, okay, brilliant, brilliant. So thank you for those answers. So um sent over some questions for you guys um, that we're going to be running through. Now, the first one um, that I've sent over, why did you become a freelancer? So, obviously, a couple of you are relatively new to the freelancing game. Uh, A couple of you have been freelancers for a bit longer. So, we're going to have some nice diverse answers there. So, does anyone want to kick us off with why they became a freelancer?
2: I guess I can do that. I actually became a freelancer after my corporate career has hit a roadblock. Uh, When the corporate job no longer could offer me any room for growth, that's when I decided to go into freelancing. I made it to marketing director two times before I hit 30. And even though, you know, like the path to the top is always exciting right there at the top, it's a, a lonely, uh, be not super rewarding, at least for me personally. So I switched to freelancing just to have more room for growth. And as a freelancer, I get to learn way more. I have way more input on the things that are being decided and, um, I just feel that this is something that allows me also to combine a lot of activities and way more of product activities than was my corporate, very limiting, strictly marketing job.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Anyone else want to jump in? I can go.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm, as i mentioned in the introductions i'm, I'm very new I'm, I'm not even one month into uh, working as a consultant right now uh, or a contractor but i do have some previous experience like 10 years ago i, I worked as a, um, uh, as a character artist freelancer for for uh, a year or two uh, something like that um, and i really liked kind of the the freedom or like like uh, like Xenia said, I think it's like the how it kind of super boosts your your learning. Like you meet so many people, you so see so many different processes. You get to learn from so many different companies and their findings and their mistakes and and, and everything. So I think it's like a for me, it's a great thing to kind of go in and out from like uh, long term uh, steady uh, employment and then doing freelancing for a while to kind of get both of those worlds. Um, and and then also, like, the freedom with having your own company. If, if I want to, I can take some time off to do some studies and stuff like that, and I can finance that through my company. And So I think there's a lot of good benefits to it. And now also, with post-COVID, uh, everybody's much more open to to working remotely, which has made it much easier. I mean, I have a family, and before, you know, last time I was sleeping on film friends' sofas. So I have to move all the way to all the different companies in different places. But now I can just, for the most part, stay at home.
3: Yeah, I I completely agree with Christopher basically uh, and one one thing that was also very very positive side effect of switching from being an employee to being a contractor is the increase in income. <laughs> Can't deny it. It's a very uh, very uh, good Absolutely. Expectancy. But for me as for me personally it's also very much the freedom. I just like doing my own thing and if I just want to stop or you know just take a month off then I can do that just like that after a contract, and uh, as an employee, that's so much harder. So uh, that's a big, big benefit for me.
4: Yeah, I I agree with all of you guys. Uh, It's the same for me. I have a five-year-old son, so moving to another country would be really difficult, so freelancing is the way to go here uh, because most uh, companies, when you're on a working contract, would like you to relocate. And for me, that would be super difficult. And also the diversity of projects we can work on. It's just amazing. So meeting new people, working on amazing products, projects, that's something that drives me into freelancing.
2: I just want to jump on that one. It was extremely important for me because like uh, the video game scene is not huge in the Netherlands. And if I wanted to continue working with what I like and with the products that excite me, had to do business internationally. And before I was a freelancer, it was way more difficult. And of course, yes, COVID helped.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. A um, couple of questions just jumping in there. So, June, I do see your question about taxes. Uh, we're probably going to get into that a little bit later on. So I will come back to that one. Um But a question that has just been asked by Leonardo, um, how big is the increase in pay in on average? Um, Is there an average hourly rate in Stockholm? I think that's one that I actually may be able to answer along with you guys as well. Um, in, In terms of the permanent market, I don't know what the average salary is, to be honest with you, because we don't really do that here. So I can't tell you the comparison or anything like that. Uh, obviously, it depends on your role and what what you're doing. Um, and like you guys said, the hourly pay is quite nice compared to permanent. I mean, you guys can jump in and tell me or, and tell the viewers as well what you're getting paid. Well, not exactly what you're getting paid, but in comparison, a little bit is it? Is it more? Is it significantly more? Is it a little bit more? I well, mean, I can more
3: think... than double.
1: Yeah.
0: More than you double for so you. Yeah. More than
3: double, but there is of course one thing you have to remember: it's that uh, as an employee, it's income to you personally. But now it's income to your company, so you can't just take it out and do with it what you can, what you would have normally. You still have to pay a lot of more extra taxes. So it's yeah. And you have. But a still, of, I think it's
1: more than double. Have to cover vacations, insurance, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of stuff like that. But, but same here. It's it's uh, a bit above, like. Because I was looking around for, for full-time positions a little bit before I made this decision. And I, I know kind of what I'm worth on the market now. And it's, I would say it's between two and three times more that I invoice uh, every month.
2: Yeah, it's about uh, three times if I take into account that actually for me, uh, I'm good at accounting. I enjoy it. And this just made me much more capable of running my personal and my business accounts together. It's triple because now I have the flexibility which I didn't have before as an employee when it just the tax is deducted and that's it. And considering that in video games we consume a lot of hardware, a lot of software, there are very many things that kinda come with your business to your house.
0: Okay. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, I'll come back to more questions in the chat as we go. Um, next question that I sent to you guys then. So why do you want to work in the gaming sector?
4: Oh, I can start with this one. <laughs> um, I've studied cognitive science and I really wanted to combine something that I've studied, which is, for example, com- computer mind connection, the user experience and everything connected to uh, how brain is actually working. Uh, How can I connect it to something that we know uh, from our daily life? And then gaming happened. And um, I found out that there are a lot of connections between cognitive science and game dev industry. Uh, So I tried to get into my first uh, company, which was Vivid Games, mobile game company. And I got in, and that's how I started. So that was uh, my purpose here.
2: Like I can continue.
1: go. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I a little bit ended up in games as a little bit of an accident, but I, I always were very passionate and interested in kind of creating worlds and the and creating experiences that engage people and, Uh, I think that uh, games is very unique there compared to many other uh, forms of entertainment in the interactivity with it. And um, I I just um, I kind of I I was focused on film and I ended up uh, getting a job as my first job in the games industry. I tried going back to movies and VFX a little bit, but I ended up coming back to to games because I think I get everything I want out of a a job in, in the games industry, really.
2: Now, for me, it was a bit different. To me, this question is difficult in itself because I never wanted to do anything else but video games. So I was always motivated to join that market. It was difficult. It was very difficult. There were no such options from where I come from. Uh, So I started my career in film as the closest relative, so to say, in being audio visual and just worked up until I made it into video games. And I'm doing it because I'm a gamer.
3: Yeah, exactly. The same implies for me. I've been uh, fascinated with computers since the age of eight. Uh, my dad bought this Philips P2000 super old computer, and he got a book from the library with 30 game source codes printed in it and you just spent half an hour writing the stuff from the book and you had a game. And I was fascinated with that and started like tingling with it, tingling with it and seeing what, what would change if I changed stuff. And I was fascinated and I've I've never wanted to do anything else than being in games.
2: Yeah. You reminded me, my dad also got me a PC, but he didn't get me a PC. He just got me parts and he got a stack of CDs with games. And he said like, you want to play these? You have to build that yourself. (laughs) I was maybe eight or nine, so I assembled my first PC myself, took me a few weeks, but I was very motivated.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. I was waiting for somebody to jump in and say, I just love games. I'm a gamer. I want to play games all the time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Um, So on the other side of that then, why have you stayed in the gaming industry?
3: Yeah, you can the do it Already, it's like yeah, I don't yeah, want to do yeah. anything else. <laughs> I actually, for a very short period, did try other stuff like business-to-business uh, backends and medical stuff, but i, I it wasn't for me. I, I didn't like it. I wasn't motivated, so I just uh, I found my way back into the gaming industry, and uh, I don't think I'll ever leave it again.
2: Mm, I think I'm. Uh, um fully on here with Mark, because I did a little gig in e-commerce. I little did a little gig in femtech, just figuring out, uh, you know, around 30, you want to experiment, figure out if it's really your thing. She's never got the same drive.
4: For me, it's people, uh, the people that you get to work with, because uh, from marketing perspective, I get to work with everyone literally everyone from a programmer to an artist and all of them have amazing experience and all of them have different feeling about the game because they do something separately but at the end of the day we all work on the same product and each and every feedback is very valuable so i love people and they are so creative and most of my closest friends are from game dev industry because we get each other and when we talk about work like we can't really stop because everyone is working on something exciting so for me it's definitely people
1: yeah i agree it's 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 such a collaborative uh environment to work with games uh it's there's just so many uh so many parts to it and they all need to function together uh, so, so you, re- you get really good at collaborating with people. And also it's the whole industry is just over the 15 years I've been in it. It's just the, the pace in which things improve and, and evolve is just so high. It's, it just never gets boring. It's just new things all the time to kind of adapt to. I think that's really, really cool. And, and, and first of all, for my part, it's just, it's so incredibly creative. Um, and one thing I want to say as well about staying in the industry is, is that I think, just in the past like 10 years or so it's changed a lot in terms of the old kind of the old um, thing where you know people were doing these death crunches and you know there were no way for you to have a family in parallel with working with the games at least in the Swedish game industry that I mean you don't really see that uh, anymore I think it's 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 much more mature now as an industry you have you know people are it's been around for long enough to people get There's quite a lot of people who have families, you know, and there's a high competition about the competence as well. So the companies, you know, the, you, you can't really survive if you have that really harsh crunch culture anymore. And that's really allowed me to stay with having a family and two kids and everything. So, yeah. OK, brilliant.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's a really interesting point, that one, Christopher, obviously crunch is such a big word in the gaming industry and has been for such a long time but it seems that the industry has kind of had a bit of a facelift with stuff like that and don't get me wrong people still use the term crunch a fair bit but it seems that people are and companies especially are taking more care of their employees uh, and contractors as well So it's much less of a you can't see your family for a week because we've got a deadline coming up or something like that. Um, Okay, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, So next question then. So which studios have you guys worked for? And uh, could you just give us like a brief description of your experiences working there?
3: I can start. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I, as a freelancer, I've uh, so far only worked at King. But interestingly, I've also worked there as an employee eight years ago. That's when I moved to Sweden from the Netherlands. So I've seen both sides of the coin at King. And the interesting part for me is, is that uh, I, I know I'm there under very different circumstances, but it feels the exact same to me. I have the exact same drive to help the company and to produce pr- good results and, and, and do do cool stuff for the company. Colleagues treat you the exact same way. There is absolutely no difference at King between being an employee or, or a contractor. Everybody's always friendly. Everybody's always nice. Um, there are some downsides to being a, a contractor. There's a lot of benefits as an employee that you're not getting. But yeah, you, you can take care of it yourself uh, through your own company most of the time anyway. So, um, And then the weirdest thing recently actually, is I've, due to Corona, I haven't been at the office much. Uh, and for the first time, I, I had a FICA uh, at uh, the office a week ago, and it, feels, it felt like I was a guest at a hotel or something. It, it's really, really, really weird. Um, so it's it's interesting experience, uh, being, having been an employee and now being a contractor at the same company, but uh, very positive.
1: That's yeah I'm also very new as a contractor so I can't say that much uh but I as I said before I've been kind of going back and forth between employment and and contracting so I started as a um employee and then I took like two years of contracting and then I've been doing a bunch of years 11 years or something as a employee and employee and now back to contracting but now I'm I'm with King uh but I uh, yeah I think it's um uh but yeah obviously I've been with a bunch of companies before and I and I really think it's like a It's I think it's great to be able to move between it a little bit over your career to kind of get both sides of it, because I think there are unique learnings to both sides of that. And and now I feel like I'm ready to take uh, some some years of of contracting again. Uh,
2: Okay. I guess uh, I can tell about working with TinyBuild. I actually, in my corporate career, I worked with dozens of studios. That was one of the privileges of my position. I was a person who launches games. I still am the person who launches games. I usually join studios around the time that they've got a major launch, and they need somebody really fast and really experienced. but the latest one before Beyond Frames was Tiny Builds, and they are a very fun bunch. They are extremely fast growing, and you can feel it. Uh, you know, it feels like a teenager company when it, some functions have already developed to its full length and size, and some are still not there. So one day you do this, and the other day, you just step three steps back and write a newsletter because it can happen that there is nobody to do that. Just right now, I was like doing an automated uh, asset production and now a newsletter because that happens. That's part of the industry and that's part of the job. Mm, I never shied away from it. Hands-on work is something that is super rewarding in freelancing. We get to do many things ourselves, at least me. And I really appreciated Tiny Build for being so open and uh, willing to work with freelancers just as if they're staff there was there were no lines ever drawn and to say to tell you honestly i've never experienced it as a freelancer what you said about king mark is it's pretty much relevant at least for the companies i worked with
0: brilliant Uh, martina what are your thoughts
4: um I totally agree with Ksenia because we both work in marketing. So, yes, that's uh, we are needed around lunch, I would say, not uh, during the full process of development. However, I was working um, for more than three years uh, for mobile games companies where usually you don't have one or two projects or three, uh, you have uh, five, ten or fifteen at the same time where the marketing department is needed for the whole time uh whereas in pc console gaming game dev um, it's not necessarily to have a full marketing team for the whole process of production the game Uh, we are needed usually at the end of production to um, plan everything for launch and post launch
0: Okay, brilliant. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit different for you, Martina, and Ksenia, because you have both come from now you're working for a Swedish studios, obviously, but uh, previously you've worked for studios in Europe. So uh, it's a bit of a different experience and for you guys.
2: In the US, actually. And <laughs> that's a huge difference. Like working yeah. uh, in the same hour zone is much easier, at least for me. I'm a mm. morning person, and working US hours was pretty grueling and if it wasn't (laughs) for the sheer uh ingeniousness of some of the games that i was releasing there it would be very difficult to hold up the motivation to pull the hours but just the pitches sometimes that would come in were enough you know like to brighten up an evening
0: (laughs) okay brilliant brilliant uh and the the next question that i'm going to ask kind of links to a couple of questions that we got from um people who are watching so i'll go through those questions in a second and see if we can answer those at the same time as this really um but can someone tell me like what concerns they had about freelancing prior to becoming a freelancer uh I might jump to christopher first if you don't mind just because i know you have very recently gone back into freelancing so you yeah. might have the most recent
1: kind of experience doing this uh absolutely i mean it's um I think my my greatest worry was because of a burn that I got the first time around. Um, the first time I I kind of started my own company to do freelancing. I I didn't research it enough. Also, uh, for reasons we don't need to cover here, I started a company in Germany, and I don't even speak German, uh, so that made things harder, uh, so to say. Um, but um, so yeah, I burned a little bit there on like all the bureaucracy uh, that I wasn't pre- prepared for, and and. Just the thought of it still stressed me out a little bit, uh, but I mean, luckily, I kind of at least at least I knew it in advance now, so I made sure to like everything that I could put on someone else, pay someone else to do for me. Uh, I did now, so I made sure to get like Redo Business Consult early on that helps me with with my taxes and all that stuff, and even helped me set up the company. Um, then, of course, you know, there's always a little bit of that worry that you know will i find something new when my contract runs out and and all that stuff but to be honest i as i said i just i kind of sh- tested the market a little bit before i decided this and i also been employing a lot of people recently in my last company i actually worked where uh, martina works now at uh, Avalon Studios systemic reaction uh, and I did hire a lot of people there, uh, and it's it's not easy to find talent. Um, and knowing that, I felt that if I'm ever going to try it, now is is a really good time because the market is just screaming for people. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that there, there, there are some worries and there were some worries, but I think uh, I was better prepared to handle it now. And, and also, it's it's a good time to try it out, out if you want to. That's how I felt at least.
3: I completely agree on the on the whole running a company thing. Since I'm from the Netherlands and I'm living in Sweden, I sort of had the same uh, worries like, oh, how will it be? And uh, what will the bureaucracy be like? And uh, but in in hindsight, it was trivial. Uh, The Swedish government is organized well enough uh, uh, for it to to, work for everything to be really simple, actually. And um, I, I found a friend that uh, that is that is a consultant. and anytime I have questions, I just uh, or consulted the accountant. Sorry, I just ask him uh, for for help, and it, it turned out to be fairly straightforward. And once you once you've done everything once or twice, then you just you just repeat it every month, and it's it's not that difficult. So <laughs> the, the biggest concern I had turned out to be nothing really. Running the company is fairly straightforward.
4: So my concern was connected to health and my family, uh, because as you know, usually when free na- freelancer doesn't work, he or she doesn't get paid. So when a kid is sick and has to be taken care of, or I am sick or something, I need to take uh, days off that I'm not paid for. So that was something that was like, hmm, what if something happens, right? But uh, I am super lucky because I have a lot of backup uh, inside my family. They are super keen to take care of uh, my family, my my son, when something happens. So I am lucky enough to have a lot of help and together with my husband. We both are freelancers, so we both understand um, the pros and cons here. Uh, there is no... Um, situation like oh you're on a contract so now you take days off right all of them no no uh we are equal and on even a page here so um yeah that was my concern Kisania? yeah that's good for you martina <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, my partner is employee <laughs> he doesn't fully get it sometimes about days off and going like yeah you're a freelancer you're free to do what you want but that wasn't my biggest concern actually when i was becoming a freelancer it was a bit funny because i really didn't want to i completely didn't want to the only reason that actually convinced me was just looking at the numbers understanding that this is the way that i'm meeting my financial goals no other way employment just doesn't get me there Uh, And my biggest concern was reputation. I know it sounds funny, but uh, freelancers have that flair of digital nomadism uh, that I personally just don't dig and just didn't want to be associated with that crowd, even though perfect people, nothing against them. But it turned out that my prejudice was completely wrong. Freelancers come in all statuses, sizes, sizes places in the world it doesn't have to be what my prejudice told me it was so I kind of humbled down and understood that maybe I should be a bit less judgy
0: okay brilliant brilliant so I'm going to jump in with some of the questions that we got uh, from the audience there because they kind of relate to some of the things that were mentioned um think, Mark, this goes back to what you were saying. So question from Ito was, uh, what was the paperwork like in order to set up things before you could freelance? Uh, did you do it by yourself? Or did you get professional advice? Um, uh,
3: I, I did everything myself. I, uh, I I read enough Swedish to, to be able to handle the, uh, the, the Skatteverket and Werksand websites. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, as I said, <laughs> fairly straightforward, you just it's just a wizard you click through, essentially, and at some point they ask you to go to a bank, deposit 25,000 kroner in there, and uh, and when you're done, the wizard continues a couple of days later, and uh, at the end you, you hit finish, and uh, you wait a while, and if tax-wise everything is in order, you get confirmation, you have your AB. it's it wasn't that it wasn't much more than that. Paperwork was really easy, actually. Everything is digital in Sweden. Except for the yearly reporting, that for some reason you have to do by paper. Unless you're a mega corporation, then you can do it digitally. But uh, if you're small, then you have to do that by paper. But anything else is uh, is digital. And, and and quite often there are English versions available if you're an expert like me. So uh, that makes it easy.
1: I'd like to add in there as well that I think it's, uh, Mark, you said that you had an account, a accountant friend. I think for me at least, I would recommend like Because even though it's it's very straightforward, th- there are things, at least for me, that I ran into was like, I don't really understand this. Or like, how do I exactly fill this in? Or what does it mean if I fill this in? Can I change it later? Or like, I, I want to do this, not exactly this, but do I still click this one? Um, so for me, it was really good to kind of go immediately before I started that process and find a, a business consult to kind of know it. And then just go, hey, I'm, I want to employ you to doing my taxes later on. Can you just help me through this process? And they were super happy to just, you know, they want more people, uh, of course, to to pay them to, to do things. So that was really nice to have that contact um right from the start, where I just go, hey, I just fill this in, fill this in over here. Is that correct? It's like, yeah, you can do that, and or like, oh, it just means this, so you know, you don't need to worry about that or whatever. Just to kind of have someone to have that conversation with. Of course, you can go directly to Skeptivacet or Vaxant. I don't know how quick they are on answering, but uh, that that was really more of a kind of a comfort thing for me uh, to go through the process. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Um, So a question that I've got here from Leonardo,
0: I may be able to help with it as well, but I want to hear your guys if you've got any experience with this i'm I'm not even sure myself if you do or not um so is it possible to have more than one person working under the same company slash a b um does anyone here have any experience or Uh,
3: yes i have experience with that and that's perfectly fine it's no problem it basically works the exact same thing and if this person works for your company for three months or more in sweden uh and there's some other details but then you can get tax benefits for the first two or three Uh, employees even so it's
0: perfectly fine perfect nice Uh, simple answer there for you uh, Leonardo Um, and a question from Roger that I think uh, links back to what someone said earlier I'm not too sure who it was but um, how do you do work-life balance Um, so do you take holidays when your clients employees have national holidays or do you take large chunks of holidays between contracts
1: so I I I just kind of started this like one month before like the Swedish holiday start. And I'm like, uh, I, I'm Swedish, so I do it the Swedish way. So I just go in and put in a big chunk of five weeks in summer because, you know, the rest of the year is shit here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so um, yeah, it's to me, it was just no problem, really, uh, with King. I just told them, I, I looked a little bit in the calendar of my direct reports and the people around me. Uh, who were doing similar work that maybe could cover for me and just kind of see if we could adjust a little bit to make make sure that we covered as much as possible. But really, most people take vacations about the same time over here, at least. So um, it, it wasn't really a problem. I just told them, I'm not going to be coming in these five weeks. And they just went, OK, just don't invoice us for them. Then. Uh, it wasn't really harder than that.
3: Yeah, same experience for me. And
4: the opposite for me, actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, So as you said, in Sweden, there is like one or one and a half month of summer uh, when everyone takes um, days off or companies are closed, uh, you know. Uh, But here in Poland, we don't have such stuff. So uh, schools and kindergartens are closed. So you have to do something with your kid. Uh, But then everyone, like, mostly work, except, for example, two weeks that you go somewhere with your family for vacations. So I just set up my two weeks, uh, regardless, like... The, similarly to my company, when most of the employees will be out, so we can all be out on the same time and everyone will be on, on the same page when we will be back and everyone will be working on the project still.
0: Okay, brilliant. Uh, a question that I want to jump in with quickly. It's not like directly been asked in the a chat, but it was mentioned by somebody. I don't know if anyone has got any experience that they can uh share um so somebody said before setting up your own company to try freelancing um somebody recommends having their invoicing done for an external company um has anyone here done that at all or have they always had their own a b
1: always had my own a b
0: always had your own a b anyone else
2: yeah yeah it's just easier to set it to set it up than to find a person you trust enough
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll jump in there then so um as as brokers here at evolution we we can't recommend whether you set up your own a b or use an umbrella company it's completely up to to you and your circumstances if you are a first-time freelancer and you're nervous about doing the taxes and all the paperwork etc which i completely understand then going through an umbrella could be a good option for you because they handle all of that and you just have to sort your timesheet uh, and then just work basically so it could be a good option for you having your own ab does make things a lot easier and you save yourself some money
1: it's it's quite beneficial to have your own ab and like i as i said i haven't tried going through a invoicing uh, company or anything like that but but you miss on a lot of the really good stuff about uh, consulting or freelancing if you if you do it that way. I mean, you, you can manage your um, your taxes and your salary in a much better way. You can you can you can buy things through your company. Like if you need uh, a computer or anything, you can buy that through the company, and uh, you can. Um, um, it's just things like because because at least in Sweden, you know, you your your taxes get higher the more salary you take out, and so you don't really have the option to kind of even out your salary in the same way if you go through a company. Uh but if you have an A B you can you can kind of you no know, I I'm I'm gonna be paying myself over vacation. Um mm-hmm. but if you if you Go through an invoicing uh, company that, that that kind of d- does it for you. You just get everything as a chunk. I think, at least, correct me if I'm wrong here. I haven't done this before, but uh, but um, that that and they pay you everything in salary immediately, which means that you pay a lot more taxes than you need to if you just kind of even it out over more months or, or take it out as uh what do you call it? I don't even know what the English word is. Dividend? You mean? Yeah, dividends.
0: Perfect. Okay. Uh, on to uh, the next question then. And this also covers a question, uh, a second question that Ator asked. um, What would be your advice for first time freelancers? Uh, And Martina, I'm going to come to you first for that one.
4: Mm, Don't be afraid. (laughs) Because I also was uh, working only on work contracts, permanent contracts um, in Poland. And then I really wanted to start working outside Poland because I knew like my options in Poland are limited. And yeah, just like this first step is hardest. And then you can like, there are no boundaries basically when you can work remotely during those days, you can work for everyone and uh, make your dream job.
0: Brilliant. Uh, Ksenia, you got any thoughts on that one?
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. I'm a bit more practical. I would say um, that it's very important to find a selling angle and your selling angle. Because a beginner freelancer might think that, oh, there are these 33 skills that I have and I should list them all on my price list because they're all super valuable. Yes, you're right. They are valuable. And (laughs) the fact is that you're going to use all the 33 of them. But, you know, for example, my strongest skill and thing I do every day is actually competitive strategy. That's what I do. I see the whole market as a sort of a very multiplayer chessboard, and I win that game consistently. The problem is that when I try to explain it to potential customers that I do competitive strategy, they didn't get it. And after that, I kind of started listening actively to what were the problems of potential customers and what were the pain points. And they just kept repeating the same thing. I'm not sure why my user acquisition doesn't work. (laughs) On my to-do list, maybe 10% changed of the tasks that I do. I still do basically competitive strategy and tactics. I just call it user acquisition now. And this is what I call finding a selling angle. Uh, Yeah, there are very many things that I know how to do, but it's just one pain point that really matters.
0: Mark, do you want to jump in for your advice for first-time freelancers?
3: Uh, Yeah, to programmers, just do it. (laughs) It's... uh, it's, uh it's so much better life. So, And uh, I was scared about all the technicalities beforehand. That really h- helped me back for a while. Like, oh, I'm the running the company. Am I really gonna do that? I had done like the sole proprietorship, but that's very different in terms of taxes uh, and v- way, way simpler. Uh, but running a proper AB here in Sweden is, is a bit bit more challenging than the, than the, the sole proprietorship. And that helped me back. But yeah, as soon as I decided to go for it and I realized that there was nothing to be scared of at all. It's just you know, don't don't let your fear of the unknown stop you, basically.
1: Uh, Christopher? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think I'll just fall back to what what I said before. It's it's yeah. and that's just because my own my own uh, burn that I had ten years ago. It's 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 quite comfortable to have someone that could at least if, if you're like me and feel that that bureaucracy is a little bit scary uh get someone early on that can answer your questions and comfort you and can help you through that process that was a lot very made a big difference for me um and uh yeah and I think both Ksenia and Mark said very valuable things also on what Ksenia said is it's, it's um it's kind of good to for you to be very clear about what what the exact values you are that you bring to companies so you can you can sell yourself um because in this case it, it might not always be that the company is out with an ad and going like hey we're looking for someone that can do this it, it might be also you that needs to be much more selling and go to go and advertise yourself and then it's, it's very good if you are very aware of the value you bring to, to companies and can bring to companies
0: brilliant brilliant uh thank you all for your insights there uh, a question that we've got from george um what were some unexpected negatives to freelancing when you first started and how did you remedy them how did you fix those um has anyone got any negatives that they can think of straight away
3: not, not really actually thinking about it it was Nothing unexpected, negative,
0: no. I mean, yeah, the perfect answer is no, it's been smooth sailing the whole way through and <laughs> no negatives fast, at all. I, I, I can't make anything
3: up. No, there was nothing. No, no
2: I, I I do have one. Uh, when yeah. I just started out, I did this mistake <laughs> of not figuring out how to qualify my clients. Because as a freelancer, there is nobody to delegate to. So if my work as a marketer, and I'm pretty sure Martina will agree here, we need an infrastructure. We need people who are gonna make the videos and shoot the footage and do the CG and do the voiceovers and do the localizations. We need those people. This is the infrastructure and there are some things that we can't do ourselves. So what I didn't do right in uh, my first contract is figure out if the client has everything I need for me to deliver them the maximum of my value. Uh, so by now, like for instance, the first question that I asked at any introduction, you know, that is about sales. Uh, the first question I ask is, like, okay, what's your influencer strategy? What's your influencer budget? Because I know that the company that doesn't do influencer marketing in my field uh, will not profit from user acquisition in the first place. So if they step into going, like, yeah, we want to make paid ads, I say, like, you have to do both things. <laughs> and I think this was uh, the uh, first negative when I figured out that, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's not like my corporate job was where there would be a department where I could go and borrow a person. If there's nobody doing localization, I just can't deliver.
1: I have one thing that is kind of... Um... It's a positive and it's mostly a positive, actually, but if you handle it <laughs> wrong, it's, it's a negative. And this might also sound like a, like a humble brag, but I want to say that it's when you kind of go out of full employment, where you usually are restricted to taking on more than one um, task or like you're, you're restricted to work with only the company that employs you. Now, as a contractor, you can you can take on as many jobs as you can handle, basically, um, and and when you get in a lot of really really interesting um, opportunities on in front of you, it's very easy to say yes too much um, and kind of and that might actually be a good tip for for new starters as well. Like practice saying no because because at least right now, as I said in the games industry, there's a lot of people screaming for good talents. And you're probably going to get more uh, interesting opportunities than you can handle. And you, you're going to want to say yes to all of them. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, pace yourself.
4: On the other hand, I have a comment to what just Christopher said. Yes, I would also say um, learn to how to say no. Because, for example, if there is a contract that doesn't suit you, but there is one and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take it because... I'm free at the moment and I have to do something. Think twice if you really want to do something that doesn't make you happy and won't fulfill your um, abilities um, or you want to uh, wait for opportunity that fits you. And on the other hand, if the contract that you started doesn't really uh, fit what you expected, also you can say no because contract works both ways right you can terminate it as well as your company can terminate it so bear that in mind as well
0: brilliant um so one more question for me then and i'll then just go through any final questions that we have from the chat uh and i can see people reply in there thank you mark thank you ksenia um <laughs> this is a bit of a uh, could could go on for ages this question so i'm going to say try and keep it relatively brief uh so thoughts on the gaming industry currently and obviously we all know the gaming industry a lot is happening constantly so there's a lot to be said um actually this is
1: uh, this is one of the reasons that actually as well it felt like a good time to go into consulting just because there are so many exciting things happening and it feels like it's like just about to explode into even more like the, the gaming industry feels like it's at the verge of becoming much bigger and much wider in in what it is in in its kind of definition you know you, you got uh, like you get the film and 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 um, and games coming much closer to each other you get like mobile and console coming much closer to each other you got vr really taking off you got the the, the, the nft stuff going on you got the metaverse you know, it's like it's so much really really cool stuff that it's just it's just like it's it feels like it's just taking off um and uh and it's just like uh it feels like an interesting time to be quite agile in being able to move between different interesting companies and 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 um, and uh, missions um and contracts and 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 also on, on top of that i think also that because there's a lot of scares about like the like a recession now in in, in newspapers and stuff like that, and, and and I think just in the games industry today, just because there is this constantly more people playing games, and we're reaching different different demographics all the time, and it just feels like it feels like the gaming industry is going to do quite well, even if we hit a recession, and and, and that's another thought to have on, on the gaming industry right now that feels quite re- relevant to maybe bring up. Uh, I mean, it's it's um, if people lose their jobs, they kind gonna want to spend their time on something else, and a lot of people enjoy games. Uh, it might be a little bit macabre to talk about, I <laughs> thought. but I'm I'm quite. It, it feels like a fairly good industry to be in if we're heading for for worse times.
2: I absolutely jump that bandwagon. Uh, actually, this, this was my first thing. Like, recession is coming. Great times are coming for the video games industry because. <laughs> For any digital entertainment, recession is great. Uh, On one hand side, people have less money to spend on luxury vacations on a tropical island, just can't afford that anymore. On the other hand side, they have more need than ever to be carried away from their troubles, at least for a couple of hours, uh, which makes a great opportunity, especially for indie games. It might be a hit for the triple A's, you know, the $70 game. Uh, I understand why it's a hit because $70 is a lot. Uh, But for indies, there will be new names that will come out soaring from this recession. And uh, yeah, I think Christopher is absolutely correct here. It's a very good time to become uh, a freelancer in video games.
1: I should add on top of that as well that I actually the last time I did freelancing was a result of the whole Lehman Brothers thing and and there was a lot of layoffs in the companies and that's kind of uh, a lot I it sounds like it might be scary to go into consulting now because oh you know it's easy to get rid of a consultant but also people studios can also be become afraid of hiring because they're unsure of their future and then it's you know it's it's easier to get rid of a consultant that might actually work in your favor as a consultant in those times it can go a little bit both ways there
0: definitely um mark do you have any thoughts on the gaming industry currently
3: uh, well, while, while I don't disagree with anything that's been said before, uh, for me personally, it doesn't always move in the right direction because I, I, I might be getting old. But uh, I like what I like. I like games the most. Like at the end of the '90s, early 2000s, the games from that era. That's what works the best for me, and they're relatively simple uh they're not very complicated they, you can't develop your character you just walk single player through a, through a world and, and and that's what you do and and nowadays games are getting too complicated for my taste personally it's it's my you know like old, old school games is really what i like so i'm always looking for those and trying to recreate that feeling in whatever projects i develop myself uh because i just love that and and yeah nowadays Games games are going in a different direction than than my preference. So it's yeah. it's a
1: lot about building community around your game now and get players in mm. and get them to stay. And I, I think that's it. It tends to make many games feel a little bit bloated. I can agree with that. Uh, yeah. It might also be one of those things that that uh, since a lot of games are kind of a lot of studios are trying to achieve that now. That might also be the thing that kind of has has the the winner like the 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 this, if you can only afford to buy one really good $70 game, then, then you might want to buy something that there is a good community or something you can keep playing and buy content for for a long time uh, or get free updates or whatever. So that might also be something interesting to kind of, that might kind of determine how it goes if we ent- ent- enter a recession hmm. for different companies.
0: We are, we are coming up to nearly the end of this webinar, guys. But Martina, just before we do, what are your thoughts on the gaming industry at the minute?
1: Mm
4: for me it's just constantly evolving uh from the trends i've seen on this year gtc which is game developers conference the hottest topics are metaverse dnft um the whole blockchain and i would say also esport that is growing um because people right now like esport is getting like really big and super real Um, So there are a few things, few new things. Uh, We don't know what direction will they take in the future, but the industry is growing and it's growing super rapidly with the technology that we can now access. Like literally everyone can build a game from scratch just by using free tools online. So I think we are in a good point of... uh, having an opportunity to see this growth and to learn from other people as well
1: that's a really great point how accessible it's become to make games and becoming like all the time Uh, that's really good point
0: yeah definitely and um like you said earlier christopher you don't want the conversation to become macabre at any point but um <laughs> obviously with uh, probably impending recession coming up we just have to look back at the pandemic a little bit um because the gaming industry did brilliantly you yeah. know um again a bit macabre but uh, <laughs> it did that's <laughs> just the facts of it um there is an interesting question i want to ask and uh, we've only got a couple of minutes really but. Um, could be an interesting one. NFTs in games, obviously, that was mentioned slightly. Um, at the minute, I would say, and I think it's fairly noticeable, they have a fairly bad reputation among gamers. Um, Does anyone here have any thoughts whether that's a temporary trend or is it irreversible and they're always going to be looked upon as a negative thing for the gaming industry? Does anyone have any thoughts on it?
2: That's a big prediction. gamers will treat anyone well as long as they are treated well back but just look at the communication around nfts what nfts are saying that finally you're going to play to make money profit to make something that's not why people play games people play to play and taking Away the entertainment out of it and replacing it with grind is just uh, immoral.
4: Uh, on the other hand, I would say that uh, the trend with uh, P2E, which is pay to earn games, will be growing because people will see the opportunity to together like how to combine entertainment with somehow um, getting some money out of it and that's also connected to blockchain and nft so like all of those technologies are relatively new uh so i would say we should observe and see where the trend will go.
2: Yeah yeah have... saying...
0: sorry go on ksenia
2: now that you mentioned it indeed there is also a very big flare of gambling and um the border between traditional gaming and gambling is, of course, very blurred. But we can't deny that uh, anything that is, when you play for any other motivation rather than playing, uh, monetary motivation, that turns into gambling. And that's, there will be always people who like to gamble, and there's nothing wrong with that, as long as that's transparent and they are adult people who can make that decision for themselves.
0: Okay, brilliant, brilliant. I thought I'd uh, get your thoughts and opinions on that one because it is becoming more prevalent in the gaming industry. Uh, As someone's mentioned in the comments, jobs for NFTs in gaming are becoming, you know, quite a big thing. There's lots out there, Um, but they do have that reputation currently. Be interesting to see anyway. Want to keep an eye on for everyone interested in gaming. Um, So, yeah. I want to say thank you, everyone who's participated here uh, for your time. I think we've had some fantastic insights um, and the people watching uh, would be very grateful as well. Um, if anyone in the chat has any further questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I can always ask uh, everyone here who's participated or I may be able to answer yourself. Um, but that is about all for this webinar. So thank you, everyone. Really appreciate it. Um, And we will see you all next time. Cheers, guys. Thank Thank
1: you.